Back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I appreciate you joining me today. For those of you who survived yesterday's show, if you listened... I appreciate it. I heard from some of you. Very nice to hear. You know, I'm not looking for everybody to automatically agree with me on anything. Do your own research. That's kind of a trite phrase now, but we know what we're up against in this world, don't we? We cannot trust authorities. And that's really what this, this is a question everything show. I heard a fantastic point made by uh, Dave Smith. He's a libertarian guy. He's a comedian. There was rumors that he was going to run for president of the Libertarian Party. And as much as I like the guy, I thought, well, that's eh, not a great idea. He's young, throws a lot of F-bombs. He's involved with a group called Legion of Skanks, which has got some funny stuff, but they're pretty crass comedians. I said, that's just not... you you got to polish up the image if you want the Libertarian Party to actually become anything in the future. But he's an incredibly smart guy. And he made a point that I was just kicking myself, thinking, oh, I wish I had come up with that. I wish I'd realized this. And what he did was he, he's got a podcast I really encourage everybody to go listen to. His podcast is called Part of the Problem uh, with Dave Smith. And he does an entire episode where he takes on uh, Ben Shapiro when it comes to the situation in the Middle East. Ben Shapiro has put out a video basically debunking the four myths of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And Dave Smith has done an entire podcast uh, as a Jewish guy. Dave Smith is a Jewish guy. Smith, not notoriously Jewish, but he is a, he's a Jewish guy, and he's got a Jewish co-host. And they go and they kind of pick apart. They, they explain what is left out of Ben Shapiro's busting of these myths about the, the conflict. And the thing that Dave Smith said that was so genius and so easy— Seriously, I, I, why didn't I get this? He said, what do you do when you, when you take an oath uh, to appear in court, right? When you testify under oath, what is the oath that you take? It's to, ta- it's to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And he rightfully points out, before he starts going after the Ben Shapiro piece— The whole truth is what's left out of most of everything. Now, I've explained it this way on my show. I say they leave out an awful lot. You know, as I say, they they pick their days where they want to start history, right? And they want you to ignore everything that happened before that day where they told you X, Y, or Z was a boogeyman. Now, if you didn't hear yesterday's show or you're new to this show, this is not a show to apologize for the brutality uh, exercised by the Hamas terrorists when they attacked Israel. That's not what it's about. But it is about getting the whole truth. Not just the truth, but the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So I just thought that was absolutely genius. So 
Uh, anyway, that's what we try to do here. We flesh out. The Republican Party leaves out a ton of stuff. And of course, the Democrats do, too. Oh, the Democrats just flat out lie about everything. But what I think is what I think is hard to combat here on this radio show is that a lot of what conservatives say is spot on right. It's just the stuff they leave out that would make you think and think through an issue with a little bit more thoughtfulness, introspection, maybe. So anyway, this is a show about doing fleshing out the whole story, the whole story. You know, after I did the show yesterday, and you have to go listen to it, where I kind of I tried to take the the situation that has taken place in Israel between the Israelis and the Palestinians and bring it into the United States, and I used the state of Florida. Uh, you can go check out the podcast. It's The Mike Madison Show. If you're interested, you can go check it out. But people will think I'm trying to excuse or justify these attacks. I, I already know it. But, you know, what's so interesting, it's like trying to ex- uh, trying to explain this to a neocon. Now, I, a lot of people listening to the show are not neocons. Many are falling for the neocons right now. You're back in bed with them. But most people aren't neocons. But it's kind of explaining this to somebody who has just been so propagandized about the Middle East and everything. It's kind of like a vaccine-injured person trying to explain that they aren't an anti-vaxxer. And we see this all over the place. People who took the vaccine, which by its very act shows they aren't anti-vaccine. But if they go out and say, I was harmed by the vax, people say, you're an anti-vaxxer. And they say, how can I be an anti-vaxxer if I took the shot? It makes no sense, but we left good sense a long time ago. I'm not, I I am an anti-war, anti-violence, except in self-defense, Libertarian Party based on the non-aggression principle that you don't start something, but if somebody starts something with you, you can finish it. (laughs) I'm okay with that for sure. You know, Ron Paul, he called out the neocon empire during the campaign of 2008. He challenged the disgusting Rudy Giuliani on terrorism. And Ron Paul was explaining blowback. And at first he was accused of blaming the victims of 9-11. So I'm kind of used to this treatment. I know what to expect. And it worked for their purposes. The neocon sideline, Ron Paul, convinced you that he was some kind of an isolationist and a pacifist. These are the labels that they hurled at him. But what he was explaining was just exactly the history. You know, I I was going to look this up. I may look it up during the break. One of the things that came out of the 9-11 attacks, and even it preceded that too, and particularly when it comes to our relationship to Israel, is this idea that we've all been told for decades now that, you know, Muslims are a religion of violence. Well, that's kind of interesting because there are a lot of Muslims in the Middle East. There's no doubt about that. Certainly, uh, Israel's surrounded by them. But it's interesting that it's really the Middle East where we see uh, acts of terrorism, the the terrorist groups pop up, pop up, right? You don't you don't hear a lot of, <laughs> we don't have a lot of place uh, problems with people in Malaysia, Indonesia. I believe Indonesia is one of the most heavily populated uh, Muslim populations on the world. So maybe it has something to do with the fact that we're not dropping bombs anymore on in Indonesia. We're dropping bombs in the Middle East. Maybe that's what makes them upset. Maybe it's not just the religion. 
But look, I'm I'm used to standing alone in conservative circles. And and I started thinking about it as and, and the reason I feel this way today, even though I've had messages of support and people that are willing to listen to me, is that I, I've seen how this all plays out. I stood alone on the lies around 9-11 for, you know, I kind of woke up to 9-11 and started thinking, hey, wait a second, this story doesn't make sense. Probably around 2006. So there were a lot of years there where I stood alone with that. I stood alone in opposing the wars around 2004, thanks to the great Ron Paul. I was, in my conservative circles, I was not really welcome to share my, I, I was, I was a hippie, right? Because I was anti against these wars. Now, fast forward to 2022, and most conservatives in the past five years have started to catch on to the endless war. So I was alone there, too. I stood alone in criticizing the medical establishment for 15 years until everybody finally saw it in 2020. There wasn't anybody out there talking about, you know, the destruction of big pharma and how medical uh, professionals, largely the establishment brand, are basically just pill pushers. And now everybody's talking about it. Everybody understands that these are salesmen for big pharma. Nobody was thinking that back in 2005. When I was trying to, it, I was largely dismissed. I stood alone when I left the GOP in 2005. You know, I stood alone when I was talking about inflation. And if you listen to the show for any period of time, or you can go back and get some of the podcast, I was talking about inflation coming in 2018, 2019, 2020, when during the Trump term, they were printing trillions of dollars. Nobody wanted to hear anything about it. Inflation wasn't a sexy topic then, but then comes 2022. And I still stand alone in challenging Trump as your savior. And that's one of the reasons he printed trillions of dollars, supposedly during a time where we were in the greatest economy in the history of mankind. And still nobody's explained that to me. I stood alone on the police state and policing problems we have here in this country when I'm in my conservative circles. And I stand alone, or stood alone, Stood alone for better than a decade calling out the corrupt FBI and CIA for 10 years before they were blatantly used against Donald Trump, while most people were still worshiping at the altar of, air quotes here in the studio, law enforcement. And so I'm quite used to this position. It doesn't really doesn't bother me a bit, but it's really sad. It's really sad. We're living in a time right now where, once again, so many of the leaders on the right, the thought leaders on the right, are leading people back into this idea of we need to impose more force and more death to teach these people that we've con we've telling everybody is a boogeyman, we need to teach them a lesson. So I'll stand alone on this issue, too, but I'll bet you. I'll bet you. And the, the curve, uh, what would you call it, the amount of time it takes people to really discover some of these scams, I think is shortening. And so it may not take 10 or 15 years to people, for people to realize that what is about, feels like is about to kick off in the Middle East, it's not for your benefit. It's just another one of these endless wars. And I mean, I'm seeing things like they've raised the black flag of jihad for the first time ever. I, 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 can't independently verify these things, and I'm very suspicious of things that are just posted on social media. But it does feel, uh, apparently, maybe somebody in, was it Turkey, put out a message after the bombing of a hospital in Gaza. They said, your time is done. It's just a short 
point. That might have been from somebody in Iran. I don't know, but it feels very warish to me. And so it might not take five or ten years to realize the catastrophic effect that our thirst for blood and our rock-solid defense for Israel is going to cost us. I want to read here. I'm going to do, I tell you what, I got to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do you a couple of quotes of the day. Stick around for these if you want to know exactly what what many of the neocons on the right are getting you to cheer for. Let's re, let's have a quote from Israel's own prime minister and their finance minister. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. All right, I've got some clips from today, uh, for today. Some people you might be interested to hear of. You know, really, my the point of my show today is to let you hear some things that you're not going to hear on the rest of these shows because I don't think they're giving you the whole truth. They're going to tell you some truths. They're just not going to tell you the whole truth. Here's quotes of the day today. This first one is from Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel. He said, quote, Anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. This is part of our strategy to isolate the Palestinians in Gaza from the Palestinians in the West Bank. I'm not breaking any news there. Most people know the cat's out of the bag now that Benjamin Netanyahu was, and the Israeli government was fully in support of creating Hamas, funding them. This goes back to Ron Paul's point about blowback. Here's the finance minister of Israel, he is the leader of Israel's religious Zionist party, uh, Bezalel Smotrich. I'm sure I butchered that. But anyway, here's this was the finance minister. He said this, quote, The PA, that's the Palestinian Authority, the PA is a liability and Hamas is an asset. On the international playing field in this game of the delegitimization, think about for a second, the PA is a liability and Hamas is an asset. Yeah, they propped up these things. It's very reminiscent, very reminiscent to me of a United States government that, I don't know, funded ISIS, funded Al-Qaeda. You, you remember these things? It's funded Al-Nusra. It's funded the Nazis in Ukraine. I don't know when the Nazis in Ukraine, I think that's not going to be far off where they turn on us either, because I think we're about to leave Zelensky in Ukraine holding the bag. Hey! So sorry about the five or 600,000 Ukrainians who died in your war there, but we've really gotten bored. We got a new thing to play with over in the Middle East. And I don't know what the Nazis in Ukraine, if they're surviving members of the Azov Brigade over in Ukraine, they might not be real happy with the United States toying with them that way. We'll see. We'll see if there's more blowback from that. But here's the interesting thing to me when it comes to the state of Israel. And make sure you understand my words. I'm going to explain to you what the government of Israel has done. I'm not talking about the people. I'm not talking about Jewish people. I'm trying to turn you on to a Jewish man's podcast right now, part of the problem with Dave Smith. He's a Jewish guy. But I want you to think about the government that the conservatives right now are supporting. And this is kind of fascinating to me because you seem to be on the side within just the last 10 days 
Conservatives have moved to the side of anyone, anyone, the globalists. Isn't that interesting? Look at all the people out there, the billionaire class, the world leaders, the Joe Bidens, the Mitch McConnells. Look at all of the people whose side you're suddenly on. These globalists that were really having a problem, I got to tell you, I think they were behind schedule on a whole bunch of stuff, and they were really running behind schedule because they could not get conservatives on their side. But with one fell swoop on one day in October of 2023, now conservatives are locking arm in arm with the globalists with this Israel issue. This is the government in Israel that vaccinated all of its people. I mean, their, their vaccine mandates and encouragements and everything else, I think they got something like 90 to 98 percent of the people over there vaccinated with an experimental gene therapy. This is the government in Israel founded by anyone, anyone. And this one really cracks me up when I think about conservatives uh, not really paying attention to this. This is a government founded by the Rothschilds, <laughs> like the OGs of globalism. This is the government in Israel, and make sure you, uh, you hear me correctly. I don't have a problem with the Israeli people, at least not the ones who were just coexisting, going about their lives. I got a problem with a settler who would kick anybody out of their home and think that they were just entitled to it. I'd have words with them, but look, they've been programmed by their government, just like people here have been programmed by our government, and people in Madagascar are programmed by their government. But the government of Israel has instigated trouble that's caused our own kids, our own troops' deaths. Matter of fact, in 1967, wasn't it? This is the government that murdered 34 of our sailors and injured 174 of our sailors on the USS Liberty to try to drag us into another war, the Six-Day War. I think I've got my dates right on that. You can look it up. Not familiar with the USS Liberty? Isn't that interesting? 34 of our sailors were murdered by the government of Israel, and today we are there hell-bent to defend them. This is the government that had reportedly some, uh, some of their agents over the United States during 9-11, and they were referred to as, anyone, anyone, the Dancing Israelis. They were celebrating, filmed celebrating the attacks on 9-11. They kind of even seemed to know that something was coming that day. Huh, isn't that interesting? This is the government in Israel as well that worked with our own CIA from the best thing, best knowledge we have, since we'll never actually be told the truth. This is the government of Israel who worked with our government and the CIA to run a child sex trafficking ring for billionaire pedophiles. And this is the same government known to be a notorious spy in Washington, D.C., there's no telling how many of these Congress critters who have convinced you to pledge your undying support for our air quotes here in the studio. Again, sorry to keep doing it. Air quotes in the studio, our greatest ally. I'm not sure what the two-way in that is. I'm just asking. I know we send $3 billion and probably about to send about another $50 billion that way. But I don't want anything from the Israeli government. I just don't think we should be giving them anything anyway. But all of the neocons, all of the politicians out there coming out and telling you to stand with this greatest ally, I wonder how many of them are compromised. Take a look at uh, Israeli Stingray. 
There were all these towers that had popped up in Washington, D.C. years ago. And people, I mean, nobody knew who they, what they were. The phone company didn't know what they were. The cable company didn't know what they were. Our government didn't know what they were. They were just these towers. And it was pretty widely suspected that this was an Israeli spy operation, that they were spying on every single cell phone that got within, you know, basically the, the beltway of Washington, D.C. So I'm just saying. You know, you might want to look around and say, who is it that I'm a fellow traveler with these days? Now people could throw that right back at me. There's some people on the left. There's some people on the left who are supporting the Palestinian people. And so you might say, well, look at who you're, who you're with. Here's the thing that, that I would say to that. I, I think it's actually a, here, here I am making your points for you. <laughs> um, this is kind of, to me, you know, a lot of people don't dare criticize Israel or even attempt to understand the Palestinian issue because they're scared they'll be considered leftists. And to me, you know what that's like? That's like a bunch of leftists who were scared to take off their masks or even reconsider the clot shots because they thought it would, might make them look like Republicans. They were willing to harm themselves just so they didn't stand out from their tribe. So... The left, what if, what if they're right about this and the people on the right that you're listening to, by and large, are wrong? Now, people can't even conceive of something like that. The left in their past, I've talked about this many times on my show, they were right about a lot of things. Now, what's happened to the Democrat Party and even people who call themselves liberals over the last five to ten years is a head scratcher for me. I don't know. They've abandoned all of their good stances on things. And, and now it's all bad. But the left traditionally has been the one that like opposed big pharma, the big food companies, the big banks, the globalist corporations, long before the right discovered that these places were run by these globalist groups. So the left at one point was right and the right was wrong. The left originally had a much stout, uh, more stout anti-war stance. And that was when the right was cheering them on, letting George Bush, the dunce from Texas, lead us into endless wars in the Middle East. The left was fighting that. They were right, and the right was wrong. Now, I don't have enough time in this hour to go through all the things the left is wrong on, particularly today, because it's, well, I can. I'll just say this, everything. <laughs> They're wrong about darn near everything. But I am not fearful of being lumped in with a leftist. I don't care. I believe truth is truth. And if somebody's right on something, I, what do they say? Join with anybody to do good and nobody to do evil. Something along those lines. Bad paraphrasing there. That's how I feel. This situation right now in the Middle East, boy, it looks like it could spiral out of control quick. I was worried about World War III with Russia and Ukraine. That was, on a scale of 1 to 10, about a 3 in concern. This is about an 8.9. And the, if this continues, and it will continue if Americans continue to cheer and support this attack on these people, because what happens is the Muslim world reacts to that, they start attacking Israel, and who comes to Israel's defense every time? U.S. taxpayer dollars, U.S. troops. I told you about USS Liberty. We got, what, two carrier groups now in the Mediterranean? Do you remember how I told you? Look up the USS Liberty. If we weren't going to join this war, Israel may make it happen, right? We are one false flag away 
from a total commitment to a monumental war in the Middle East. And the neocons are leading you straight to that. When I come back, I'm going to give you, let you hear a few things that the neocons don't want you to hear. Neocons on the right and the left. Remember, neocons, these are the warmongers. They do not explicitly reside in the Republican Party, but there's some especially bad ones there. We'll get we'll tackle some of this stuff when we come back. Stick around. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. So i got to figure out how I want to do this. I've got a few clips here. I think I should soften you up first, give you a little cover. As I've said, the one thing I really admire about the Donald Trump presidency was that he allowed opposing wars to be acceptable within Republican circles. Now, he was not the first to do that. Yeah, so I'll start here. My segue landed me right into the perfect clip. Um, this is uh, not always Republicans are the warmongers. This is Pat Buchanan. Back in 2009 on, uh, this appears to be MSNBC. <laughs> I'm surprised they let him say this. This is the Republican stalwart, Pat Buchanan, uh, in 2009. The Israelis have been hit with for six months with these little rockets, which didn't kill anybody. It was outrageous, cruel, and stupid, and they triggered a blitzkrieg against the Palestinians in Gaza, which in my judgment is an Israeli concentration camp where a million and a half people are locked up, cannot come out or go in. They've been controlling food, electricity, fuel, and the innocent people in Gaza are the ones suffering. Here. Concentration camp, Pat, doesn't that diminish the significance of the real concentration camp? No, I'm not talking about a death camp. I'm talking about what the British had in concentration camps in, in South Africa and what the Spanish had in Cuba and what others have had where they bring all these people, lock them in there, and treat them with great cruelty and a, and a humanitarian disaster despite what Zippy Livni says. Well, what do you, let me tell you, i tell you how you create people for Hamas. You kill 675 people, you wound and injure 3,000. What do you think the brothers and sisters, those five little girls that died, what are they going to be when they grow up? What are these people Hopefully, under this, treated like this? You know. Look, why do you, you think know, the Palestinians... You know and I know that Hamas's doctrine, I can talk about I, it right here, I know their is to doctrine. hide in schools, in mosques, to hide among the civilians and use civilians for shields. And you know it is... I'm going to address that real quick. This is a big talking point right now when we see uh, civilian casualties in this conflict. Well, Mike, Hamas hides among innocent people. That's why there's so much collateral damage. Well, I don't put anything past Hamas. Uh, they are crammed into an area, so I don't know how much separation they could truly get when they're crammed, two million of them, uh, into a small area. But let's just say they're they, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that maybe that they would do that, try to use human shields to avoid uh, retribution from Israel. But if that isn't always true, isn't that a really convenient excuse for collateral damage and innocent people dying? Now, maybe the media, maybe Benjamin Netanyahu, maybe Joe Biden, maybe they are all telling us the God's honest truth. It would be the first time in the history of uh, their lives, 
But if you must have to believe, because everybody will repeat this, Hamas hides among the innocents. Boy, that is a convenient talking point. It really means you can't hold us accountable for any civilian deaths. Because all they have to say is, well, it was because Hamas was hiding among them. Hamas was hiding under that hospital. We had to go, oh, you could send special forces to get down in the basements. Yes, that's more deadly, but uh, more deadly to the armies, but probably not as deadly to the civilians. But I'm just saying, for everybody to believe that every death of an innocent Palestinian is just collateral damage caused by Hamas, that means you believe everything that all of these neocons and warmongers that you didn't agree with at all 12 days ago, suddenly you believe everything they say. I'm just saying. Is a war crime to use uh, civilians for shields. You should you. be criticizing those war crimes look, I, on the part I, of Hamas. I should, look, Hamas, any war crimes, I criticize their attacks with those rockets, stupid and cruel. But you sit here and tell me that the Israeli people or the Israeli nation have, have treated the Palestinian people with any kind of justice. Those towns hit by the rockets are former Palestinian towns. Ashkelon, Ashkod. Yeah, so I'll warm you up with a Republican. I'm trying to soften you up a little bit. So let's go to another one that I thought was fairly interesting. I mentioned this briefly yesterday. Even Charlie Kirk, even Charlie Kirk, leader of uh, Turning Point USA, he kind of smells a rat in this whole operation as well. I've been to Israel many times. The whole country's a fortress. When I first heard this story, I still had the same gut instinct that I did initially. I find this very hard to believe. I've been to that Gaza border. You cannot go 10 feet without running into a 19-year-old with an AR-15 or an automatic machine gun that is an IDF soldier, right? The whole country is surveilled. And so, so let, me let me just kind of go through this. We don't talk about Israeli politics very often, and most Americans don't know this. The last nine months, Israel was on the brink of civil war. It's not an exaggeration. This judicial stuff, there were, there were hundreds of thousands of Israelis taking to the streets because Bibi Netanyahu was basically redefining the Israeli constitution. That's not an exaggeration, right? He said the judicial branch has too much power. There were protests planned this week against Netanyahu huh. where they anticipated tens of thousands of people to take to the streets. That's all gone, Patrick. Netanyahu now has an emergency government and a mandate to lead. I'm not, I'm not willing to say to go so far that saying that Netanyahu knew or there was intelligence here. But I think some questions need to be asked. Was there a stand-down order? Whew. Was there a stand-down order? Six hours? I don't believe it. Israel's the side of New, size of New Jersey. When I took a helicopter ride from Jerusalem to the Gaza border, it's 45 minutes. Wow. Six hours. They're live-streaming the killing of Jews. Was Did somebody in the government say stand-down? That is a legitimate, non- conspiracy question the whole country is the idf <laughs> the whole country is yeah and you're trying to tell me that they're going to concerts and kibbutzes and schools and by report so yeah go charlie kirk all right so maybe i've softened you up a tad bit <laughs> this is I, I this should also be a friendly territory of people this is a russell brand uh who's become you know, quite outspoken against the globalists and globalism and kind of become a darling of the right. Very interesting guy. I can't decide if it would be fascinating to sit down with Russell Brand for an afternoon over a, a couple of pitchers of beer or exhausting. <laughs> he is a he's a bundle full of energy. Uh, this war, I'm not saying Russell Brand started this war, but it came at a good time for him, didn't it? Wiped him right off the headlines. Now, I'm, I'm not... 
you know, I'm not a supporter of this attack that has gone on Russell Brand from what 30 years ago or something. Another one of these these mysterious claims that surfaces uh, against somebody on the right. So I, I I take that with a grain of salt anyway. So I'm glad he's off the headlines. But this is anyway. This is a and pardon me if I don't say his name right. Gabor Mate, M A T E. He was on the Russell Brand show. This clip's a little bit longer. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a break and come back. We'll play this. Uh, he's spent some time in Israel and, and the Palestinian areas. If anybody's interested, now the first thing I would suggest is go listen to the Part of the Problem episode, the podcast, Part of the Problem, and listen to the pod, the uh, episode about Ben Shapiro. If you want to hear some history, the whole truth, not just the parts of it that Ben Shapiro wants you to hear and the rest of the neocon ruling class wants you to hear, but kind of fleshed out, listen to Jewish Dave Smith explain to you the history of relations between, it's only an hour long, I think, this podcast is. I think it's pretty fascinating. I learned a lot. So I would say listen to that. But we should listen to people who've got some firsthand knowledge and not Lindsey Graham. For the love of God, can we stop listening to Lindsey Graham? So I'll be right back. See the end. Skies cocked back. Shotgun which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world and pretend. And the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right the top I stop. At the core I forgot it. All right, final segment here. This is kind of a long clip, but I'm going to let it play. Again, this is the Russell Brand Show where he is interviewing Gabor Mate, G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. He's a physician. He knows a little something about uh, Israel and Palestine and the Palestinians. I think anybody who sees it will be deeply moved by Gabor Mate's wisdom and truth. But I'm, a, I'm personally a Holocaust survivor as an infant. Um, I barely survived. My, my my grandparents were killed in Auschwitz, and uh, most of my extended family was killed. I became a Zionist. This dream of the Jewish people resurrected in their historical homeland, and the barbed wire of Auschwitz being replaced by the boundaries of a, of a Jewish state with a powerful army. And then I found out that it wasn't exactly like that. That in order to make this Jewish dream a reality, we had to visit a nightmare on the local population. And there's no way you could have ever created a, a Jewish state without uh, oppressing and ex expelling the local population. Jewish Israeli historians have shown without a doubt that the expulsion of the Palestinians was persistent, it was pervasive, it was cruel, it was murderous, and with deliberate attempt. So that's what's called the Nakba in Arabic, the disaster or the catastrophe. There's a law that you cannot deny the Holocaust. But in Israel, you're not allowed to mention the Nakba, even though it was at the very basis of the foundation of the state. I visited the occupied territories, Russell, during the first Intifada. I cried every day for two weeks at what I saw. The brutality of the occupation, the petty harassment, the murderousness of it, or cutting down of Palestinian olive groves, the denial of water rights, the humiliations. And this went on, and it's much worse now than it was then. 
it's the long it's the longest ethnic cleansing operation in the 20th and 21st centuries i could land in tel aviv tomorrow and demand citizenship under the right law of the right of return but my palestinian friend in vancouver hana kawas who was born in jerusalem can't even visit now if i have the right to return after 2000 years how come hana hasn't got the right to return after 70 years so then you have these miserable people packed into this horrible, people call it the world's largest outdoor prison, which is what it is. You don't have to support Hamas policies to stand up for Palestinian rights. That's a complete falsity. If you take the worst thing you can say about Hamas, multiply it by a thousand times, and it still will not meet the Israeli repression and killing and dispossession of Palestinians. Anybody who criticizes Israel is an anti-Semite, is simply an egregious attempt to intimidate good non-Jews who are willing to stand up for what is true. If you look at the Western press, when Hong Kong demonstrators throw stones at the police in Hong Kong, that's considered to be heroism. When in Myanmar, the demonstrators throw th slingshots at the army, at the oppressive army, they're considered to be heroes in the Western press. When Palestinian kids throw stones at the Israeli soldiers, they're called terrorists. And uh, Israel gets away with a lot more without much less criticism in the Western press than any other country. He runs a program for Palestinian children who spend time in Israeli jails. 14, 15, 16 year olds are jailed for months or years. Sometimes they can't see their families for months. If she says, we don't have post-traumatic stress disorder here, because the trauma is never post. The trauma is daily, she said. If he's got any ounce of humanity left, he would cry like I did for two weeks when I was there. Anybody can go on YouTube and listen to Ilan Pape, an Israeli historian. Anybody can listen to Norman Finkelstein, a Jewish professor, world expert on Gaza, who was denied ten tenure at his university because of his public speaking against Israeli policy. You can listen to any number of in, uh, Israeli Defense Forces soldiers who talk about the brutality that they now regret having committed. You can listen to Israeli pilots who talk about why they refuse to fly over Gaza because of the atrocities they're made to commit. You can get all the information you want. So if anybody these days doesn't know, it's not because the information is not available. And none of that excuses not knowing truth and, and this deliberate uh, attempt to silence anybody who speaks, Jewish or non-Jewish. And I really wish that, that, that non-Jews of goodwill would, would stand up against the calumny and not be intimidated by this charge of anti-Semitism. I really wish that. And it's not a question of being pro-Palestinian. It's a question of are you, to, are you in favor of justice and, 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 and liberty and, 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 and freedom and, and, and truth, or are you not? Amen. So, you know, th that's the other interesting thing. If you're really interested in looking at it, if you can break the conditioning and the, the chains that say that to be a good conservative, you must support not the Israeli people, even if it's a religious thing for you. I don't have any problems with Judaism whatsoever, but you're being forced to support a government, a government of men, of corrupt men, the same the world over. 
And there are so many good Jewish people out there that are calling this this out. It's just that most people are scared to even see it. They're scared to talk about it. They're scared to even glimpse at it because they'll think, oh, does that make me part of the other tribe? And I did want to find this real quick because I had a whiff on it yesterday, but I found that link. This was from a a, a Jewish newspaper, the Haaretz. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Let me pull it up here. There was an opinion piece in Haaretz in Israel. It was an opinion piece, and it's the title of it is, Israel Can't Imprison Two Million Gazans Without Paying a Cruel Price. So if you believe uh, the neocons who tell you that Israel's just been sitting around, the government of Israel's just been sitting around being super awesome and friendly, and those radical, radical Muslims, just for no good reason, launch attacks and throw stones, and this is ongoing. Again, I'm not excusing what Hamas did. It's deplorable. But they don't give you the rest of the story, do they? When they're explaining this, look at who your fellow travelers are, who you thought was a liar 12 days ago, and who you're listening to today to supposedly give you the truth. Should make you think. That's all the time I got today. If I'm still on the radio, I'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.